invite your attention tonight to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we'll be looking at verses 43 through 51. Good to see you here in the house of the Lord this midweek service. You know, when I think of confessions about who Jesus is, I think the most common one that most people think of is Peter's confession. Remember Matthew 16, verse 16, where Jesus had asked in that chapter, who do people say that I am? And Peter stated such a great truth that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And later he had another confession in John 6.69 where he basically said the same thing when Jesus saw the crowds leaving him. Many who professed to follow him leaving and Jesus asked them, are you going to leave also? And Peter said, Lord, where can we go? You know, you have the words of eternal life and we believe that thou, you know, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, of course, Thomas' confession in John 20, 28, where he saw the resurrected Christ and said, My Lord and my God. But the one we look at tonight probably is not emphasized like we probably should emphasize. a beautiful confession. And we're going to be looking at Nathaniel's confession of Jesus and who Nathaniel declared Jesus was. But before we read our text, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, open our hearts to receive your word and help me, your unworthy servant, as I read it and proclaim it tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We begin reading in verse 43 of John 1, Gospel of John chapter 1. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael, behold, coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said, saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. 
And our primary verse I want us to look at tonight is verse 49, where we see Nathanael's confession, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Now the background of this we read where Jesus calls, if you go a few verses up to verse 41, he called uh, Peter, he called Simon Peter, he followed him, and then Philip goes and finds Nathaniel. And you'll notice, he says, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did speak of. You know, and, and then what did Nathaniel say? Uh, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come on. But then when he comes to Jesus, Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. That word no guile means there's no deceit in you and and Nathaniel was shocked that Jesus knew him he says how did you do know this he says I saw you under the fig tree <laughs> uh, and many Bible commentators believe that him being under a fig tree that he was this was a common place uh, for them to pray and meditate upon the word of God and to, and to spend time in prayer which speaks a lot of Nathaniel's character and then Nathaniel makes this declaration in verse 3 he addresses Jesus first of all he calls him rabbi uh, he's not you know he's not saying like he said earlier can any good thing come out of Nazareth he says rabbi and the word rabbi uh, means teacher it was a sign of respect for a teacher he honors Jesus as being a teacher of the word uh, a term of great respect and of course Jesus uh, teachings are what we follow uh, you read the gospel of John chapter 14 go to verse 26 John 14 verse 26 but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have saith unto you. Now Jesus is pointing to the coming of the Holy Spirit in the future, who will, whom God the Father will send and will t teach you all things and bring to remembrance what I have taught you, what I've told you. Uh, and, you know, the entire Word of God is, of course, the words of Jesus Christ, Jesus being God. Uh, the Holy Spirit teaches us Jesus' words. He makes it understandable even to us, my friends. And, and every word in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is the Word of God. I'm not, now my Bible is a red letter Bible, but I'm not the biggest fan of the word, the red letter Bibles, because that implies that the, the red letters are somehow more holier than the black letters. Or that this is, you know, I know what they're saying. This is the words of Jesus. It is the words of Jesus in the gospel. But really, in Genesis 1 1, we'll believe that's the words of Jesus too. And all the way to the end of Revelation. We must always understand that. And He is our teacher from the Word. And then going back to, to Nathaniel's confession, he says, Rabbi, 
First, secondly, thou art the Son of God. And that's a powerful statement. It's a, the term Son of God is a term that you'll see a lot in the four Gospels. And I think that John uh, especially emphasizes it a lot. You can go up to verse 18 in this same chapter. Uh, well, I need to read verse 17 also with that. It says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. He declares Jesus as in the bosom of the Father. He is the only begotten Son. And then you go a few verses down from there in verse 34, the words of John the Baptist, uh, after where he states, And I saw and bear record that this, that is Jesus, is the Son of God. He says this Jesus is the Son of God. In John chapter 3, verse 16, most famous verse in the Bible for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. In verse 5. Where John states, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God of God. Belief in Jesus as the Son of God is a deck is well that's part of salvation. You have faith in Jesus. He's not just some ordinary person, not just a like Moses. He's different. He is the Son of God. You know, Muslims, believe it or not, declare that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Messiah. Uh, they teach that, that Jesus is the promised Messiah. But they deny that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, they can't fathom that. They deny that Jesus died on the cross. So just saying, you know, I believe in Jesus is not enough, my friends. It's what Jesus you're believing in. Is it the Jesus of the Bible? And the Jesus of the Bible is the Son of God. In Gabriel's message to the Virgin Mary in uh, Luke one thirty five, he told her, This holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, you might be saying, well, you called Jesus the Son of God, but what does that mean? I mean, we see it a lot. and You can put it up on a topical Bible app you have and uh, put Son of God, and you're going to find it all over the Gospels. But what does it mean? Well, it describes Jesus' relationship with God the Father. And to simplify it, it means that Jesus is God Himself in the flesh. The 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith states this about Jesus. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. What did our Baptist forefathers state in the 1689 London? What did they declare? The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. It means that Jesus has always existed with the Father, and with the Father He is God. 
The ancient Nicene Creed says that Jesus is begotten from the Father before all ages. God from God. Light from light. True God from true God. Begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. In other words, Jesus shares the same attributes as God the Father. He is eternally from the Father. You go over a couple chapters in John chapter 5 and verse 18 when the Jews were wanting to kill Jesus. And what does it state here in John chapter 5 verse 18? It says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill Him because He not only had broken the Sabbath, but Seth said also that God was His Father, making Himself equal with God. When Jesus was saying this, He was not saying it like when we say, you know, pray to God the Father, you know, God is my Father. They knew that Jesus was saying that He was equal with God the Father. You go to John chapter 8 and verse 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was existed, because they're saying, well, what are you talking about Abraham? How do you know Abraham? Well, before Abraham was, I am. And of course, that harkens back to Exodus where God told Moses in the burning bush, I am that I am. They knew what Jesus was saying when he said, I am. It's not the you know, way we say the word I am in English. He is saying, I am eternal. Uh, I once had a cult group come talking and Jehovah Witnesses, and I brought up, you know, they were talking to me at my door. This was years ago. And... And I just ask them, why does it say, why did Paul state in Colossians chapter 1 that J Jesus is before all things and by Him all things consist? All things were made. I mean, how does, it, how does that... And, and they stumbled. They, you know, of course, will give you... They'll circle back to what they were programmed to teach. But, I mean, it says He created all things. I was at a funeral home, funeral one time. It was a man who I belonged to some sort of cult. He had been uh, disfellowshipped from a Baptist church. He was telling me, and rightly so, because he, he didn't believe Jesus is God. And I said, well, who is Jesus? He's the Son of God, he said. And, you know, you couldn't get over it. You know, what does the word Son of God mean? I mean, what do you mean he's the Son of God? The term Son of God has a meaning. It's, you know, he's not Hercules, some sort of demigod. The term in the New Testament, in the Bible, Son of God referring to Jesus, means that Jesus is God. That's the whole meaning. It talks about his relationship. And look, even Jesus' enemies knew this. Yet sometimes people today don't understand that. A good illustration is found in Matthew chapter 26 when Jesus was on trial. 
when Jesus was on trial before the Sanhedrin, they asked him a question. But the chief, but but Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold now, ye have heard his blasphemy. Why were they upset? Because when he said, I am, you know, that I'm, you're going to see the Son of Man, he's sitting at the right hand of power. He'll be sitting at the right hand of God. They knew what he had said. Matter of fact, in going back to the Gospel of John, this time chapter 19, when he was before Pilate, they brought this up, what Jesus had said. In John chapter 19 and verse 7, when Pilate said to them, I find no fault in him. What did, the, what did they say in verse 7 of John 19? The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. They knew even the enemies of Jesus understand more than modern day liberals or even modern day cults that Jesus is saying, I am God in the flesh. Now they didn't believe it, but they knew what he was saying. Uh, a powerful statement. To be the Son of God is to be God. Even, uh, Thomas, as I stated earlier, in his great confession, when he saw Jesus resurrected, he saw the nail scars, he said, My Lord and my God. And He is our Lord. And He is our God, my friends. Along with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is God. And so Philip declares this, going back to our original text, Thou art the Son of God. And then he says, Thou art the King of Israel. Now when Nathaniel states this, he's referring back to Messianic, the Messianic prophecies. He's referring back to what Philip said back in 45, verse 45, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, maybe he was thinking also back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 23. I don't know if he had this in mind. But, but Jeremiah gave, makes a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 23. Verses 5 and 6, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and the king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his day Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord 
our righteousness. Here Jeremiah prophesied of the Messiah, and he declares that he's coming from the line of David, from King David, the Messiah. And Jesus is a descendant of King David. He is that promised king, one greater than David. The wise men, when they came uh, came before uh, to, to Herod, you remember in Matthew 2, verse 2 stated, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They knew there was to be a king of the Jews. And when Jesus was standing before Pilate, you don't have to turn here with me, uh, but when Jesus stood before Pilate in Matthew 27 and verse 11, uh, when Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus saith unto him, Thou sayest. Or in our modern day terminology, he says it is. You have said it. Yes. Uh, it is as you say. Jesus is the Son of God. He's also the promised Davidic king who comes from the line of King David. Uh, the one that was promised. Look, when you go back and you look at the book of Kings and Chronicles, and you see all these kings and David's lineage, and ultimately all of them had faults and failures. Many, some of them were good, like uh, David himself, you know, Josiah, Hezekiah, uh, Jehoshaphat. Some of them were good, but they all had. They were all sinners. They all failed ultimately. They were. They could not do. Uh, they could not restore Israel like, like it should be. But they were all looking for one who would finally restore God's people from the line of David, and that is Jesus, the Son of David, the Son of God, my friends. In Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33, it's so clear this is. When the angel came unto Mary, he says, And behold, I shall conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Unlike the other kings in Israel's past, who reigned for only a short time, even if they reigned for many years, they died. And then a bad king would take over. And they'd go into apostasy. Here the angel is telling her, Gabriel, uh, is that the, the king that is coming, that from your womb, he's going to reign over the house of Jacob, and there's going to be no end of his kingdom. And he shall reign forever and ever. Uh, and let me tell you right now that Jesus is king, whether people acknowledge it or not. And he's reigning now as king. Uh, 
the world just doesn't acknowledge. He, is, he has been given the throne of his father, David. He is the fulfillment of the prophecies regarding David, the prophecies regarding the coming Messiah. It is all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so when we see Nathaniel's statement here in John chapter 1 and verse 49, he, is, he, he shows great reverence to Jesus as his rabbi. He, shows, he declares him to be the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God, God in the flesh, and the promised Davidic King, the King of Israel. Uh, and then Jesus, you know, his last, last two verses here, he, he answered and said, Because I said in thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, believest thou? He says, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And verse 51 has very similarities between Genesis 28 when, when, uh, when Jacob had that vision of, of that ladder going up into heaven and angels ascending and descending. Ultimately, though, that picture all points to Christ. For Christ is Jacob's ladder. He is the one who unites us to God. And he's, you'll see even greater things. And I got news for you, my friends. In this fallen world where we're going through a lot of hardship, we who have faith in Christ, we're going to see greater things someday. Things that we cannot imagine because of what Christ did on the cross for us, by his death, his burial and resurrection, and his ascension back to God the Father, my friends, he has opened the gates of heaven for all who believe upon him. And in this world in which there's so much trouble and turmoil, my friends, we can rest on that promise, the promise of God, uh, that we have a place in heaven, that we are trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the King of Kings, of which uh, the Old Testament prophets all pointed to. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. O merciful God, we give you thanks and praise tonight for this confession of Nathaniel's. May we make that confession also that our Lord Jesus Christ, that He is, that He is the Son of God, He is the King of Israel, that He is the King of kings. And though the world may mock Him, though the world will not acknowledge Him, He, he reigns. And we just give Him glory with you, O, o Father, with the Holy Spirit. And dear God, if there be any who know not Christ here tonight or who's watching this, I pray, Lord, that you will open their hearts that they will turn to Jesus Christ. In his name I pray, amen. Amen.